This is the Creatively Yours podcast. I'm Tira Root, an artist and recovering creative. And this podcast is here to bring you to the intersection of creativity and spirituality. If you are feeling blocked in your creativity, stale or burned out in your faith, or want to have a companion as you chase your creative dreams, this is the podcast for you. everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Creatively Yours. It is exactly one year to the month since I started this podcast. It feels wonderfully fitting to have the dear friend and mentor who started me on the journey of creative recovery on as a guest. It is my final coaching session with her, with Robin Widener, and we are talking about Fearless Creating, a book by Eric Mizell. Check out the last two episodes, episode 10 and episode 11, for all of the content that leads up to this episode, which is about the final chapter. Chapter 6, Echo and Approval, Showing Your Work. If you've listened to the last couple episodes, you'll be familiar with the approach that Mizell took, which is there's a stage of the creative process. There is an anxiety or a couple particular anxieties associated with it. And then he provides a solution. And for chapter six, echo and approval, showing your work, the stage, as you might guess, is showing. (laughs) The anxieties, there are two for this one that he identifies, are shy mind anxiety and attached mind anxiety. And he says that for shy mind anxiety, the solution is appropriate performing. And for attached mind anxiety, the solution is appropriate detaching. This is just a quick overview of how he thinks and Robin and I don't dive into those we don't unpack those words but I think we get into we get into the concepts nonetheless now Robin and I are discovery writers I want to recognize that other people um other creatives, they plan their creative works out. They don't have the same sense that Robin and I have with our pieces and my like discovery, figuring things out as I go, feeling like I don't know what the thing is until I've finished it. That part of me, it has benefited so much from learning from people who structure and plot and pre-plan. I hope that the exchange can go both ways um, because the last thing that I would want is for anyone to feel like their process is being invalidated by two people um, who do things very similarly, just getting very deep into it. So that is absolutely what happens in this episode. Robin and I go, oh my goodness, we do things very, very similarly. So yeah, so I just wanted to keep a weather eye out. And with that, welcome into episode 12. Welcome to the 12th episode of Creatively Yours, everybody. I have with us this week, Robin Widener. Hi, everybody. And I want to just ask her, starting off, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how have you just come to be at the place with um, enjoying creativity and having it as part of your spirituality that you're at right now. All righty. Well, gosh, you know, when you ask me that question, the first thing I think about is uh, growing up in a creative family. 
my mom was an artist and a portrait artist. She was also a seamstress. So growing up, there was always the hum of the sewing machine or, you know, there was paint or brushes. Um, my mom was, in fact, she even wrote, she wrote a children's book that um, got refused at one point. But as a kid, I had no notion how this would translate to me. I mean, I became a dancer. My mom put me into dance and she'd make me beautiful costumes. I became a baton twirler. I took art all through high school. Um, but writing really didn't start to come to me until college. So I, you know, spirituality, again, I always was a spiritual person, but I grew up in a very secular home. So spirituality entered in my teen years when someone knocked at my door and through a long run of circumstances, I ended up becoming a Christian. But I don't think the two began to collide a bit until college, maybe, when um, I was in a we had a mandatory essay contest that the whole freshman class had to enter like 300 people and somehow ended up getting second place in this essay contest. And still that didn't quite get my attention. I think it wasn't until, you know, years into my Christianity, you know, I've always been an avid reader and I started to really notice, you know, a lot of people correcting me and talking to me about my insecurity and then I began to read books on insecurity. And then all of a sudden, this yearning to begin to write began to appear. But alongside that, I was working at an English department. You know, I had by then my kids were all elementary age. I was working at an English department. I started doing a lot of writing. I started training in graphic design. And, um, and then eventually, you know, begin to discover a gift. So I think for me, when I began to write, I knew it would be spiritual. Whatever I was going to write was even, it was driven by spiritual issues that felt unresolved to me or felt like there was a lot of pat answers floating around or felt like I even felt shamed about or I felt trauma about. And so the only the real driving force for me always was to find answers for myself and other people and so when i began to write really seriously write the two just naturally like collided and um and i think since then it's been a long evolution of going deeper and deeper with how those two meet up mm -hmm. I really resonate with that like approach to yeah. your creative project of I've got something unresolved. I've got something that I yeah. have just yeah. an overwhelming number of like questions and feelings on. And because I will absolutely be writing one of my own projects and know this is what I want it yeah. to be about. And then yeah. I'm three quarters of the way done. And I'm like, what is this? Where did it go? And I have both like so many answers that I've learned and like just as many more if not even more questions now <laughs> um and yeah and so it makes the process that we're going to talk about from the book fearless creating that we've been reading it makes it um like very interesting to me because i don't want to think about the um we're going to be talking about showing our work to people today and how we can get like presented to people i'm like i'm going to misrepresent it until the thing is done because I don't know <laughs> what it is exactly until I'm done because I'm always working with something that's that I have questions on and that's a bit unresolved and I'm working it out as I go so so I all of that to say that I resonate with what you shared <laughs> yeah thanks for sharing I think your mom's an artist too yes yes she is and so we both grew up with that influence. In fact, now I'm beginning to play around with portraits, which is what my mother did. You know, a lot of my art has has a human figure in it, even though it's very intuitive. But I think I think for spiritual people, creativity can be full of angst. You know, mm -hmm. is it allowed? Is it indulgent? Is it, you know, what is it? 
you know, and so for me, it's been important for myself to have a spiritual way of processing it as way as well, because I, you know, I fall into every trap there is probably, you know, uh, anxiety or fear or whatever, but as a spiritual person, that's just made me more convinced that this is me doing something really important, you know, as a Christian mm. and not just me being indulgent. You know what I mean? This is me, mm. even the fiction I write, the fiction I write is not indulgent. The fiction I write is, is full of my spirituality, you know, full of the spirit and God, and it all comes together. But I think for Christians, don't you think it's a, it's a testy little area, like, uh, for Christian creatives. Yep. It's absolutely been like the topic of so many conversations that I've had with fellow Christian, um, creatives. They're like, I was told <laughs> not to spend my time on this, or they had, there's always some sort of angst, like you said, and yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, and a lot of you listening know um, a lot of my own with processing um, exactly that. But yeah, um, we can get into the chapter. Yes, I love this chapter. Yeah. I, for everyone listening, it is chapter six of Fearless Creating by Eric Mizell, and it is called Echo and Approval, Showing Your Work. Hmm. Yeah, I think this this beginning pa paragraph maybe will bring the listeners into it. Um, he says, all along as an artist's work, this pressure builds to show his work for the sake of echo, approval, and even possible sale. He loves parts of the work and would like to have those parts recognized by another. He wants to thrill some other human beings, impress them, seduce them. He wants his voice heard, his eyes, ideas recognized. He dreams of a kind of exchange occurring, a giving and receiving of immaterial currency and also of real currency. Now, of course, this book's written from a secular perspective, um, but I think I really relate to, to this. He dreams of a kind of exchange occurring, a giving and receiving of imma immaterial currency, but also real currency. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, there's a dream behind all creation of impact of maybe that's the echo he's talking about of impact of somebody seeing something differently of somebody healing of, of pain trading. You know, a lot of what I write is in the currency of pain of pain trading mm -hmm. and those currencies play out no matter what your medium, you know what I mean? It's, uh, Many artists, uh, many famous artists, their pain is reflected in their writing, and that's why it's so powerful. Are there questions or the things we talked about earlier? And so, you know, there always comes to this thing whenever you've created something, how and when are you going to show it? And mm -hmm. and how are you going to interact with that path and the people on that path? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to jump off the like immaterial currency part. Yeah. To, um, I think one of the things that I've seen as a commonality between you and I is that we really want to kind of be in the thick of the, like whatever issue it is that we've brought into our work. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to just wrestle with it. Like us in the work, yeah. we want to be bringing other people yeah. Into it. And yeah. so that's one of the things that has stuck out to me the most about you is that you bring other people into yeah. like I remember working on your book Sarah's song with you and how you would have, I believe they were weekly times mm -hmm. where you had written like two chapters that week and people were reading yeah. them and giving you feedback on them like every yeah. Sunday. So um it's very much something that I'm like considering doing with my own work it's one of the things that I will feel the most because I've seen this in you I'm gonna feel gypped if I don't do it with, yes with my own works and so I'm wondering um about the like I'm a very sensitive like person the way that people see things tends to um 
have a big impact on me. Do you have Mm -hmm. any just thoughts on as you're welcoming people into the creative process and like having that both like it's kind of a mix of like an incubation time because you're trying to like let this work speak to you and work on it you're also inviting other people into it so how have you navigated that (laughs) well you know I think with my first book I just had this sense that I wasn't secure enough to write it without other people in it. And so it was, you know, I started this soup and security group thing and, you know, invited all these women and they come, they came to my house every day and I had a big pot of soup and we met in person and I brought to them my writing. And really I wanted to know, it wasn't whether I wanted to know if the writing was good. You know what I mean? It wasn't some kind of acid test of my writing I just wanted to not feel alone in this. And I didn't quite trust myself to sabotage it because it was so vulnerable. And I wanted to know how it resonated with other women, even of different circumstances, cultures or races. And so once I did it with that book, I felt like that's what gave Secure and Heart Legs. It's kind of become an anthem song of our particular, you know, um, church family. You know, so many women have read it and passed it on and marked it up. And I feel like all those women's voices were indispensable. So, you know, the other books, I felt like, you know, it was a good process. I've done it with each book I've written. We've done it with every single one of the books. And Sarah's song, we actually were doing a chapter a week with Sarah's song. But then when I I did a also did a group with our church here that was two chapters a week. And people read two chapters a week to be in that group. Um, so I think my, what I've learned and, you know, just reading, reading this chapter was helpful. I think when I go into a group like that, I'm not going as the writer. Now I'm willing to field a few questions as a writer, you know, and certainly, you know, people will ask a question because they don't even understand the nature of writing, that it's not like I'm making up stuff, even in a fiction. It's not like I'm just randomly pulling things out of the air and making this happen and I have all this control over it. They don't understand that I'm on a ride while I'm writing it and I don't even know how it's all gonna unfold. You know, So I'm glad to talk about that. But really I'm coming to join them as a reader. And I think that makes a massive difference in how I see it. You know, because I'm just as prone as them to say, well, I wonder what Sarah was thinking here, you know, and mm-hmm. because I realized that what I think she was thinking, what other people think she was thinking is just as valid as what I think she was thinking as the writer. So I'm there kind of to listen, to hear, and to, you know, and hopefully you know, the kind of healing I experienced in writing it to be able to pass, you know, it'll, it'll kind of ooze through it all, you know, and, um, but even to hear, you know, so to hear, I make it very free for them to disagree, you know, to express, express reservations, you know, and I'll even express reservations or, you know, or, you know, like I was really surprised when it turned this way and I wasn't even sure how I felt about it. And so it becomes, I think the readers, like it doesn't become, they're not afraid of talking to me, you know, mm. because I'm coming in as a fellow reader and I'm coming in and, and usually at the beginning of a group, I'll bear my soul a little bit to explain a little bit of the backstory of the chapter, just because that kind of opens up the whole group to breathe and know they can be safe and vulnerable in this group. And then, but then I become a fellow reader with them. And to me, that's super important because the writer can have a lot of ego attached, you know, and as a reader, I'm there to learn. And then those groups really become kind of thrilling, you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of, and kind of like what's going to happen next. Does that make sense? (laughs) It all makes sense. I think it's a, it's an idea that's bringing a lot of relief, I think, to the image that I've had of this. Like I said, I've known that getting 
um, in the thick of the themes of the content yeah. with people has been um, something that I want to absolutely do. And so thinking of myself as a reader, because honestly, that is what the process of writing does yes. end up feeling like. I've been working on a novel and then I go back and I read some of yeah. whatever earlier on and I'm going, oh, wow, look at this. Like, yeah. this is so interesting. Look what happened yeah. there. Um, yeah. And my, some people who are very close to my process like I will say like this is what I did today blah 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 um with my writing like one of them kind of reacted to me once like you talk about your characters in a really interesting way you say that they did something or they decided yeah. to, or you're discovering something about yeah. your story and I'm like no really yeah. that's like that's how it is that's how it is <laughs> well I don't know even that by the end of a you know of 12, 13 weeks I spent with this women, women, I haven't convinced all of them that it's this way, you know, cause it's so ingrained in their minds, how they see a writer, you know, but they begin to open up to see it, but it's still like, you know, it's even like, oh gosh, you know, there were some people at risk in the book, you know, I don't want to spoil my own book, but let's say a donkey was at risk, very close to Sarah and one girl was like, she's like telling me, telling the group, like, you know, as reasoning in my mind, Robin is a good person. She would never, you know, intentionally kill a donkey that was close. You know, like that's how readers view it. Right. And wow. I was like, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing. And I hear you. And I, I know this may be difficult to believe, but it doesn't seem that way at all when I'm writing it. It's not about whether... I'm a good person, you know, in fact, that wouldn't be a good place for me to write from, you know, I'm, when it's happening, I'm just as shocked as you are, you know, I'm, I'm really shocked and that's news for most readers. And some, I felt like kind of got it. And some towards the end even were kind of like, well, you know, when, you know what I mean? It's just hard to flip. But um, the more I can come alongside them as a reader, I think it like puts us all on the same ground and mm. then there's freedom. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I think there is such a freedom um, just in the idea of it's also not on my shoulders to like explain. Yeah. yeah. Making yeah. it more about exploration and making it, yeah, more about that I'm learning like I'm there to learn just as much yeah. as everyone else is yep. yeah I I love that <laughs> yeah it's funny because I have a is it the sixth book sitting waiting to be published and I finally realized the reason I haven't been able to pull the, the trigger on it is because I haven't taken it through a group of people and wow. so I told Dave the other day like we have got to take this through a group of people I you know I can't I, I physically, I just can't do it because we're skipping, like that's been the cornerstone of all our work. And so to me, it's worth the time to press pause for two months and we'll just let all our readers know, you know, people who, because we have people who have pre-purchased this book, you know, and it can feel kind of guilty, like what are we doing, you know, and, but I feel like until I've set with this with a group of people, even if it's a brief run through, you know, two chapters, if it's an intensive, I feel almost unable to, I feel like that's a mistake now. And um, so, yeah. Mm. I'm really glad that I brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so Somebody, good. if you're listening, you want to be in that group, it's on betrayal. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, you could you could find me through Tira, but um, those groups really like at the end of my Sarah song group, we had not only discussed a book, we had formed a community mm -hmm. and everyone was mourning kind of like it kind of coming to an end. Like, what's the next thing? Can we do something else where, you know, because, you know, when you're vulnerable with other people, you you know, you grow relationally. And some of them felt like they were able, they were more free in that group than they felt in any other venue. Mm -hmm. 
And so it is, it's a, it's a community that's kind of forming. And then those people can speak into the book in ways that surprise me, you know, in ways that tell me what the readers care about, you know, even when they all wrote testimonials, again, like one, one person wrote about how the book largely is about the gentleness of God. I had never thought of it that way, but that's turned out to be a key phrase I've used in talking to people about it. Like, and she, that was from the perspective of a reader. And so I feel like we get so blind in a way to our own work, like even some of the beauty misses us, you know? Wow. Um, so, and I think the other thing, you know, that as I was reading this chapter that I think is important is when we think of asking people to talk about our creative work, we automatically assume that's negative. You know what I mean? Like it's a critique. And I think what I let readers know that one prime thing I need from them is to know what works. It's not just about knowing, that's how I know maybe what doesn't work even, you know what I mean? Is to know what works. And there was a, a guy who came to me and he had written a whole book about his daughter's death and, um, and wanted me to read it. And I read the book and it just, it was unpublishable. It was just, it was like a family history. It, it like, but there was this one story in there that was perfect. And I was like, listen here, friend, you know, this is great if you want a family history for your family, but, but, but then I just went straight to this passage. We read it together. I showed him why it works, how it works. And I'm like, can you find that? in these other stories in this book. And he went back and he took all that, you know, laid it to the side and rewrote the whole book in context of that one story. And he wrote a great book. Wow. Just from that one idea that I could tell him what did work. You know what I mean? And then he could build off of what did work. And so I think we shouldn't feel weird about asking people what works for you about this because their answers may totally surprise you. And then that educates, to, you know, that's educational and enlightening in how to help whatever we do minister to other people. I like how that kind of reframes the whole approach to talking about your yeah. creative works with another person, because I think like the place that I come from, like it was super interesting hearing you say that you, um, that you felt like you could not put Secure in Heart, your first book, out into the world unless you had gone through it with other people first. And I kind of come from like in just my, you know, I just think of myself as like a teenager thinking that, you know, I want to be an author. I want to write things. And <clears throat> the way that I've function from then until you know quite recently is I feel like I can't like once I've finished something and I think that it's all set and good then I can put it out into the world and then if other people decide that they're gonna look at it they can they can go um, yeah, yeah. this like I like how what you're bringing up um like that approach that I have just like innately is this mm -hmm. assumption that like, I'm not confident that other people are going to resonate with the yeah, story yeah. that I'm telling. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so I love the way that this frames it as you can walk forward confident that something in your work is going to resonate with people. And that like finding the part that works is like, I trust that there's going to be something that resonates and that can get pulled out, drawn out, fleshed out more. Um, that's such a cool yeah. Well, yeah, and even in the, you know, then if I think readers, if you've let them speak first something what resonates with them, then they feel now they have permission to talk about the tougher stuff too. You know what I mean? Like they've mm -hmm. they've given you that. Now, when you give them permission to, was well, there anything that was hard for you? You know, I, I would, I wouldn't frame it like, do you have any critiques? Never, you know, because you're putting, 
you're you're making them into an editor or something you know what i mean you're not they're a reader you know so is there anything that was tougher that challenged you and i remember you know there's a scene in sarah's song like at the pinnacle that's scary and one reader was telling me how i mean like she was practically crying talking about it how how much it terrified her you know and how she wasn't even sure she could keep reading and how it seemed so real the spiritual attack and she was so scared and her heart was racing and she felt like she was going to faint and you know and and wow what an honor that she would give me that kind of honest response you know and and it was good for her to feel safe and I was like wow you have such a you know I can understand why you'd feel that way you know and and we had a great talk. It opened up a great discussion for our readers, you know, and she was able to decide to go on and she was glad that she went on, you know, but I think, I don't know, there's, if you help readers need help finding this balance of how to be in a group, we just don't throw them in a group and expect them. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's a lot of, like I, I map out the groups kind of, and I know what, kind of questions I want to ask and and then there's a sense of rhythm to the groups that make them safe for the readers so it's not just a a free-for-all like let's go in and read this and let's let's it's more like I want everyone to feel safe I want you know I make it a confidential thing you know with my type of book it has to be confidential but you know hey what what's said here stays here you know it's a safe group we're not here to fix each other or try to, you know, if anybody's struggling with something, it's not yours to tell them they shouldn't be, or we're not here to disagree, to say, oh, I disagree with you on that. Instead, you could say, well, here's how I resonated with that, you know, so I give them some structure and, and then the group within that safety, they take me places I never thought I would go. And it really ends up being like, I take furious notes. And, you know, most of the time, I would say it doesn't change the overall trajectory, but time from, from time to time, there are things that I get from that that somehow influences me in the editing, you know, or, or gives me courage to go ahead, especially if it's a clarity issue, I will change it. If, if one reader cannot understand what a sentence means, I will change it. You know what I mean? If they're stuck on a sentence or even if I hear them read a sentence out loud and they're struggling with the sentence, I will work on that sentence. If if one reader is enough for me for that. So those groups, you can see how I'm floundering with this new book because I haven't been through this with it. And I, and that's, I can, I can just imagine how scary it would be to put that book out without that. Mm. I have so much that I'm going to be <clears throat> pondering from this this is awesome <laughs> I I wanted to also bring up um a some a question that the chapter asked that yeah. I thought I loved I loved this question um and you know what I didn't actually mark down which page it's on but um hopefully I'll be able to get it across well just from my recollection of it so if you have someone um, who's, you know, in our case, read the whole book or with other people, you know, taken in your piece of art, whatever it is, um, the question that Eric Mizell asked was, like, what do you say to someone, um, like, especially if they don't have much to say in reaction to your piece? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, like, my first thought was the obvious just thank you for reading <laughs> but I just thought that this was like I just thought that this was such an interesting question because I think this happens a lot that a lot of times people don't have like the language to be able to actually like let us know what they really thought or whatever with with our pieces um <clears throat> and so I'll tell you one of the other ideas that I had and then you can run wherever you want with this um sure so one of the things that I thought of, which like, feel free to pick apart the way that I'm also thinking here too. I was like, I can tell them a little bit of how 
I thought about this project um, so that say that I get an email that's like, yeah, I finished it. And it's like some short little, either they liked it, didn't, whatever. Um, I could reply with saying, yeah, this story has been a really fun, like personal challenge for me. The issues of, and I'm thinking of one of my books in particular here, the issues of interdependence versus codependence and how much self-sacrifice is too much. <laughs> I tried to draw them out with grit, with emotional intelligence, with humor, like just kind of feed them some of the things that I that I think about it. Um, I think it's so easy. It's almost easier over email. If it were in person, it's even more awkward <laughs> um, to try to, I don't know, leave someone with like a good taste in their mouth after asking for a reaction on something. So <laughs> yeah. So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Um, you know, in our family group, uh, we have a, a family group that meets from our church, you know, in a smaller group and just a great group of people. And of course, they're really intrigued about Sarah's song and you know my writing and all that kind of stuff and one of the women read it and so when we got together she's like so I read you you know in front of other people she's kind of like so I read your book read every word I'm like oh great wow what'd you think you know and um she's like she just started her body language her words it was just obvious to me she did not she, she had trouble with the book. So I don't want to embarrass her in front of other people. You know what I mean? Or, or even, but I think there's this sentence that goes through my mind. Maybe this wasn't her book. You know what I mean? And that's okay. And, you know, and like you said, I'm just like, well, I'm so glad you read it. And, and if you ever want to talk about it, I'd love to hear what you have to say. And so I just leave it really open-ended you know, because her body language is saying to me that something was really disturbing. And to this day, I've given her several little opportunities here and there, and she has not bitten on it. And so I think we're on something really sensitive. Like, you know, in my book, Sarah, you know, she's a prophetess and she really, her role might be a bit assertive for some people and how they view women in the church. You know what I mean? Or, uh, and um, she comes from this, this friend comes from kind of a traditional background, maybe something in there, but I don't want to try to push her to reveal it. I'm giving her some opportunities, but also I'm okay with it not being everybody's book. You know what I mean? Because, you know, any great book has got people who hated it. You know, if you don't have people who didn't like it, you probably don't have a great book because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way I see it, because a great book, it presses on parts of you that are uncomfortable, you know, or that make you think or that you're not sure you like that. And um, and so I think just to go gently with someone, you know, and I think I hear you doing that. I, I like the idea, you know, if it's email, you know, if you want to throw out um you know, I don't, I don't usually converse with people over email too much about my books, you know, because there's so much, certainly not much on text, you know, so um, I prefer, you know, to talk on the phone or in person or, or whatever. So yeah, I like the idea of throwing out, okay, here's some, some, some of the things with the book that it really raised up for me and if you ever want to talk about what it raised up for you i'd love to hear more but first most of all thank you thank you thank you for reading the book and um or you know i might even someone who seems excited about them i might ask if they'd even write a few words about it to me about what meant the most to them or or how they felt writing it or something so i think you're on the right track tara i mean mm. i think we need this is where, you know, we've talked about in our coaching the whole time, this Holy Spirit doing the heavy lifting. This is where we trust the spirit. Like there's a time to be silent. And there's a time for words. You know what I mean? There's a time for a gentle response. There's a time to probe a little um, and to let people know it's okay. You know, it's okay. You know, like after she said that and what I made sure just to give her a big hug. 
you know, to say, hey, our relationship is separate from how you feel about this book. That's powerful. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, I appreciate that. I have another question. Okay. Mind as we've been talking. So, so that's one sort of response that, that we can get, um, but like not much. <laughs> There's yeah. also the responses of, I really loved what you did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and we don't necessarily ask for these responses. Um, yes. They're yeah. just sometimes just things that you just get throughout your day, whether verbally or via text. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's just yeah. um, things that come up, and I find that um, as much as I enjoy it and appreciate it, I can find myself like just in like little quiet moments. Those words can be what pops up, and I I ruminate on them a bit. Um, like I think there's there's like a good place for stuff like that. Like let me actually. Yeah you know kind of see a reflection of how I really am from other people but there's yeah. also an unhealthy aspect that I can find myself either falling into or just being afraid of falling into because I'm this way I'm like oh no what if I rely too much on what other people think of me but yeah I think that's a really real thing though that we can end up sitting in um just because I think it is like a really emotional thing when we get it is it is feedback from people and so what can we do what can I do what's a healthy way to kind of like when these words do just crop back up I'm just doing the laundry and I'm like wow they said that today I find myself freezing a little bit because I'm afraid of doing something unspiritual or what have you with it yeah so what are some just like healthy ways of really accepting people's Sure, sure. (laughs) Well, I think there's a couple things there. Um, One is I want to capture the words, any words people give me about my book, Mm. because those words might help somebody else understand it or help somebody else relate. So I want to capture them if I can, you know, and keep them. And they're, they're precious to me, you know, for somebody to give me words about the book. And, um, and so, um, but I think, you know, when I first wrote Secure in Heart, okay, um, I had a publicist in this particular case because I actually was with a small press and then eventually we bought back the rights, but um, I had a publicist and I was thrust into this massive speaking thing, you know, like twice a month doing women's days and one and at one women's day we sold like 800 books you know like it was this crazy so I noticed you know I wasn't as mature maybe in my writing career you know I was at the beginning of it and so my first book right so what would happen is I would ride those highs almost like a drug high (laughs) you know what I mean it'd be like such a huge high and then I'd get on the airport in the airport on the way home and then I dive into a huge low you know of like oh my gosh I told these people all about my life and I was so I'd have a vulnerability hangover as Brene Brown says this huge and finally I realized that in order not to have the lows I needed not to indulge the highs almost like I would replay them in my head over and over and I just get this rush of adrenaline all over my body. And I think that's human. I don't think that's some pride thing. I think I was just adapting to a whole new thing that I had, no one had prepared me for, and I had no experience of how to process this spiritually. And so I had to learn to moderate, not go so high and then also not go so low. Does that make makes sense I found they were both coming from the same place it makes sense I'm now just very curious how to moderate (laughs) yeah well I think for me moderating was okay when somebody sends me something beautiful about my book I'm like thank you holy spirit 
I needed that. Thank you for reminding me that you want to use this book. Thank you for, you see what I mean now? It's not about me. I mean, really, truly, it's like, oh, gosh, I need that because I'm a person who tends to go low more than I go high. You know, so maybe I needed that reminder because I can really on any given day, I can be like, why did I write this? And is it, is it really any good anymore? You know what I mean? I can go there. I can go to these low places are actually maybe more into everybody has their, you know, I'm, I'm more naturally drift low in my sensitivity, but um, so I remind I'm like, God, thank you that you, you, you know, inspired them to give me that. Like uh, my body worker on Facebook wrote me some stuff about Sarah's song that kind of took my breath away. And, and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, he's from, he lives, he's a very good friend of mine, but you know, in some ways we see the world alike, some ways we see it very differently, but he's male and he's a body worker and it was a different perspective. And I'm like, thank you, God. I, I needed that today. Thank you. And I'll try to grab it and keep it um, because, you know, just put it in a file and then I don't need to rehearse it over and over. You know what I mean? I'm like, in the moment I celebrated it um, and then I kept it. So I know it, it'll be there if I need it or if I need it, you know, because it's always good to keep people's words. They're just helpful. And who knows, you know, when they could help make a connection for somebody else. So that's kind of, that's what kind of, helps me as I begin to understand it wasn't about me. This wasn't about me proving my worth. This wasn't about me proving that I can do this or that I'm talented. All those things that those parental things that make you think, you know, you have to be enough and are you enough? And is that no books have so many reasons why they, why a lot of people read them or not that many do. And most of them don't have to do with us. And so I've just learned to kind of catch myself and pull myself out of the equation in a healthy way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then I don't indulge either the, the high or the low. Now, you know, when I got uh, one comment on Sarah's song from this guy who was a professor of Old Testament literature, I mean, I may have jumped up and down for a second. I mean, it was just everything I could hope for. You know, this thing he wrote about what he thought I'd done with the book. I was just astounded. But then I don't stay there. Like, I think what I do in the beginning is like it become a little movie in my head. You know, like, let me rehearse that moment again when everybody stood up and cheered after my talk and when women were weeping or whatever was happening. And I realized that I need to, you know, understand that's more about God than it is about me and not, you know, and be grateful for it. Yeah, I'm grateful, but there've also been times I've stuck my foot in my mouth. I've felt flat. And so I like, you know, I think the balance is a better place to live. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, what I'm hearing is a, um, instead of, there was an interesting word that you used, parental. I yeah. might want to go the generation below that and say they got childish. Like there's something that we go to yeah. with yeah. ourselves that are those especially present in childhood insecurities we have. And I, yeah. you use so many wonderful words for it, the worthiness and these other things. Um, so that instead of like living in a spot like that, yeah, it's here you bringing up gratitude and purpose. Yeah. So that yeah. the um those echoes of approval that we do get are yeah, yeah spurring us to gratitude reminding yeah. us of our purpose right mm -hmm. yes absolutely and and then that way they don't we're not dependent on them you know for um to be enough and of course you know i've written all my books you know, I've written five books and I'm still figuring all this out, you know, um, on how to walk securely, you know, with God. Um, but I think as a creative, there are some inherent tests, you know, and honestly, sometimes success can be a massive test. Um, because 
where do you go with that? You know, and um, so, yeah, I'm trying to remind myself. So every, you know, I've trained myself now, anytime something comes in about one of my books, about us speaking about, you know, because like when we were at this uh, international discipleship conference, we had a day where people were coming one after the other, just praise on the books and all this stuff. And I'm so glad I had learned this because to me, it was like, oh, wow, that's so surprising. Oh, her book is there. Wow. But it really was about the people and it didn't feel about me in any way. And I think that's just maybe the spiritual discipline of every time checking myself, a comment comes in. Wow, God, thank you. You know, you, you must have known I needed that today. Thank you for reminding me of my purpose. Wow. And tell, tell us about when you do it. Sound, so you said that you do file these away. Do you? Um, well, I try to. I don't, I'm not perfect at it by any yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, some of them. When do you go back and look at them? Well, at the beginning of a book, you need those words, you know, because you can use them. You know, if you write, I don't know, they're just helpful to me. I, I, you know, so no, I don't go back through them that much, but it's good to know I have them if I need them. You know, like after I did the book group, I asked everybody to write something about the book. And those were so doggone helpful. And I compiled them all. I kept them all. I had them in a file. I reread them. I, you know, I had some feedback back and forth with a couple of them about them. Some of them ended up in the book, but um, yeah, so I try to, I try to keep them and sometimes I'll forget for quite a while and then I'll be like, oh yeah, let me start grabbing those again. But um, yeah, I think it's just a good habit is to, is to keep those words and um because it's hard being a writer. I, I don't know. It's, you know, it took me five years to write Sarah's song, right? You know, I wasn't writing the whole time, but, and so it helps you hang in there. Like right now I want to start writing Mary's song, but I've been in this just hit after hit to my health and I haven't been able to write, you know, maybe I was just exhausted after Sarah's song too, but I have all these books about Mary that I bought to, you know, to start working on it. I can't even make myself read them right now. You know, I, so it just, those things, when they come in, it's a reminder like, oh yeah, is there something else I could do to get the book out to more people? Because if it's helping people in this way, I want more people to be helped this way. Is there something else I can do? Or maybe it gives me a little bit of confidence to be bold, you know, like I got a thing from a church wanting me to speak or something and they don't have much money. And, you know, so I was, I laid out a plan of how they could use Sarah's song. They hadn't asked about doing a women's day about Sarah's song, but I laid out a plan how they could do it and send it back to them. You know, that boldness comes from the conviction of hearing different people responding and knowing this could really be impactful for their visitors and their friends and their, you know, and so it kind of helps take you through the toughness. I think being a writer is a tough gig. And you know what I mean? There's moments of great joy and moments I'm in flow. And it's just like so wonderful. But the process of getting through all the editing and all the stuff that actually gets the book out, especially if it's self-published, is just huge. It's a mammoth task, you know, and one that you don't know if you're going to get paid for you know, in some ways. And, um, and so it helps to, I think God sends those things as reminders, like, yeah, I'm using this, you know, like just recently we heard about Pure the Journey, somebody, you know, from some countries using it, you know, it's like God saying, remember people need this, keep, keep offering it, keep putting it out, keep making it known. Mm -hmm. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it's funny um, when 
okay, we went to a speaking, uh, we, we had the privilege of being trained as speakers by um, uh, Josh McDowell. He does a seminar every year and, um, and, you know, so he was talking about all these press interviews and all these things. And honestly, I wasn't prepared for that when I did Secure and Heart. It was, you know, I was on TV shows. I was doing all this press. I had a publicist. Um, it wasn't always easy. And, um, and one time I had an absolute kind of fail you know, with this one big broadcasting company, um, they kind of threw me a tangent and I went off on it. And later on, I realized that that's why I failed their test, you know, of being able to be on their show or whatever. But um, yeah, okay, I lost my thought in the, <laughs> this happens with me sometimes. Take me I'll back on here. I'll tell you what about? I'm, I could tell you what I'm just hearing what I'm picking up so far. I'm, yeah. Seeing a, a balance between just having absolute mercy on our humanity, on yes. our human state. Like we just yes, need yes. this. Also with just recognizing the need for discipline, that this cannot yes. be something that you just turn to whenever you're feeling the slight bit, slightest bit down yeah. and like leaning on as some sort of, yeah, like this will did it for me before it will do it for me again like not just leaning on um on this too much um having, yes. having yes. a discipline and intent that word again a purpose yes and i remember me. i remember what the story where i was going with it <laughs> so josh mcdowell opened it up for questions and answers at the end and i stood up and asked you know just said i'm an introvert and i'm highly sensitive and what would you say to people who struggle with the desire to do publicity? You know, cause I don't desire it. And, and he said, Oh, Robin, you know, we've gotten to be good friends, me and Josh. It's funny. We hit it off. And, um, and he said in front of the whole group, he called me out, you know, um, in a huge way, you know, uh, a huge compliment, but, you know, he said, Oh, Robin, He's like, you've got to understand that publicity is an altar you lay yourself on. It's a spiritual altar and you do it. So people, because you believe the value that people will get out of what you're giving is worth it, you know? And so it's an altar you lay it on. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to get up at five in the morning and go on the radio unless you know, unless they've got a big ego and that's just not going to take you very far. Right. And that was so helpful to me that he said that. I mean, he kind of corrected me and I was glad he did, you know, in front of the whole gang. But um, it was good because I was like, I've remembered that, that this is all a spiritual thing. You know, and so the book group, you know, I, I get a little weird before every book group, you know, a little like the day of the book group. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to get out there. I got to, you know, this, that and the other. And but there's a sense that it's an altar I, I go to that I lay all this on for God. And I thank Josh for saying that to me because it I needed that. I needed to see it spiritually. Wow. Yeah. What a powerful image. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I don't know if this is a I'm pulling in a term that has a bunch of like stuff connected to it that I'm gonna be like ah whatever but like, just such a paradigm shifter the way that yeah. we tend to look at publicity and all of these related things and seeing it as an altar yeah it just kind of flips everything on its head yeah, it flips, you're there to serve as a, you know, as a, as a Christian, you know, if you're a Christian writer, no matter what type of thing you're writing, you're there to serve. And so, you know, you're there to connect with a person, you're there to, with a message, you're there opening a door for somebody for hope. You're not, it's not about you. And it helped me when I see it as an altar, I don't see it as about me. 
like like oh this can I do this am I going to do you know they send you all this stuff this is how you got to do a radio interview and all this stuff and it can feel like a performance and I have to make that switch this is not a performance this is me coming to the altar with Jesus you know and giving what I've got to give and that he gave me to begin with right that I couldn't have done all this you know that he gave me to begin with and then and then I can be calm instead of, you know, then I can, then my prefrontal cortex is engaged instead of being a little bit in fight or flight, you know, I'm able to think. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's one that I'm going to carry with me. No, I'm honestly good. already, I'm already thinking of myself <laughs> in the future coming back and just, I love that. I'm recording this and I can go back and listen to our words again. Yay. Well, I'm grateful to get to share what I've learned in the school of hard, hard knocks, I guess, you know, for other people <laughs> who are listening, who are creatives, you know, um, like, yeah, this is how we process it makes a massive difference. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where the spirituality and the creativity, what a beautiful thing that the spirituality can support and undergird the creativity and, and the creativity can be a, like a, um, a tool or a, uh, a way for the spirituality, you know what I mean? To meet other people, mm -hmm. to, to transcend, you know, ourselves and, um, yeah, and, and what a privilege. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I don't always see it that way. Sometimes it feels like a pain in the neck, but yeah, what a privilege. Yeah. And we're we're approaching time. I want to ask you to let all the listeners know where they can, if they want more of you, find, find your books or find your art, where can they do that? Yeah, well... Um, uh, the books, you can go to purityrestored.com and um, all of all of our books are here. You can twing me on Facebook. I've got a um, Robin Widener author Facebook. It's a little underused right now to tell you the truth, but you can see some of my artwork there or you could get in touch with me. Um, you can get in touch with me through the Purity Restored website and say, I'd like to see some of your artwork. My artwork is intuitive art but it's it's um full of messages about healing trauma and um and suffering and so my art is like it comes with a a sheet that a worksheet you work through to learn how to use the art as part of your healing journey so my art is sometimes i paste under you know i um decoupage on healing trauma exercises and stuff underneath the art and so then like I have a big piece of, over my bed and I touch it when I'm having an anxious night and it just all those messages are there for me so that's what the art is about it's kind of in support of the ministry so yeah you can um catch me on Facebook or secure in heart on Insta Instagram or purityrestored.com you can uh, get my email from there and get in touch incredible well thank you so much <laughs> you are so welcome thank you Tara what a great discussion and um <laughs> and I've I love being on this journey with you yes I I treasure that we've been able to do everything that we've gotten to do together and yeah that you listeners have gotten to hear so much of that um it's so special to be able to bring one of the people that you've heard the most about on this podcast actually onto it so Yay. thanks again, Robin. You're welcome. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Robin. I immediately, after talking with her, went and made a folder called gratitude and purpose and it's where i'm starting to store feedback that i receive on my pieces 
I already had feedback and so I moved it or scrambled through papers that I have in on my shelves and stored the feedback in in these digital folders instead so I can go back and have everything all in one place. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Creatively Yours podcast. Let me know what you think and if this resonates with your story. Like, follow, or subscribe if you want more. And if you want to receive word directly in your inbox when I update this podcast, you can sign up at email.deepwatermediaandpress.com. You can also check out the backlist episodes at deepwatermediaandpress.com forward slash podcast. All right, signing off. Creatively yours.